the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, Central Arkansas, and all those listening on uh, Facebook Live, on the app, all that good stuff. Uh, this is the first day of Dave Ellswick's vacation. I think he's leaving this for about two weeks, and so I get to start off his uh, um, uh, fill-in uh, that that he has uh, all throughout the next two weeks. This is Ken Yang. I was on yesterday, in case you're a new, new listener. Um, not not the legendary Dave Ellswick, but I'm blessed to blessed to be here. We have a, a full show to uh, this morning. We have Mindy McAlinden uh, that is here this morning, all the way from Northwest Arkansas. She's in studio. She's going to join you for the first hour. Thank you for being here, Mindy. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And then uh, uh, she's going to be here for the first top hour, but the at the bot um, at about six thirty. We'll have uh, City Director Lance Hines ca- uh, call in to talk about the election, the tax increase election that's happening here in Little Rock uh, that's created a lot of buzz uh, here in Central Arkansas and even around the state uh, if you've just been following politics in general because uh, it's a, a pretty significant uh, tax tax increase. And then the second hour, uh, as usual, on Thursdays, you have Joe and Doug who will come in and talk about cars and get to answer your questions about <clears throat> car issues. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably join them for the first uh, couple segments and then uh, and then leave, leave them alone because i got a few questions uh, myself. But uh, we'll go ahead. <clears throat> uh, Mindy, uh, if y'all do not know her, uh, were you on this show when you were running for National no, Committee? I okay, was not. Uh, so Mindy uh, ran for the National Committee woman for the Republican Party of Arkansas uh, earlier this year to fill uh, Janelle Fulmer, who's now the chair of the Republican Party's uh, open seat, and she won. And uh, you've been serving as National Committee woman for how long? Two months. Two months. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was longer than that. Yeah. Um, it's just a long race. Well, uh, I think a lot of the, you know, most of the listeners are conservatives, not Republicans, but uh, a lot of people don't know, you know, what is a national committee woman? Okay. So national committee woman, let me step back for a second. So okay. the, the Republican Party, what we call the Republican Party, when we got, all get angry and talk about the Republican Party, yep. it's comprised of 168 people. And that's three people from each state. And three from each of our six territories. That makes 168. I am one of those three people that represent Arkansas to the Republican Party or to the RNC. The other two are the chairman and the national committee man. Okay. And so uh, what do you do? What I, I guess you, you go. I know you all have uh, meet just like the state party has meetings in Little Rock mm-hmm. or in, in Benton or Hot Springs. Yeah, and you go and have meetings at the RNC. But like what exactly is your... 
is your role? I know you can kind of carve it out. I know, but what yeah. you know, what exactly is your role? So it is. It's a little bit of a make your own kind of deal. But um, at the national level, we have meetings three times a year. I just came back from my first one. Uh, it was in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was pretty exciting to be there and to kind of hear what people had to say. Um, and at the national level, I am waiting for an appointment to the committee that I'll work on. So there's a lot of committees, like a budget committee. There's um, some temporary committees, like a debate committee, looking at hopefully having some a little more fair debates for our Republican candidates in the upcoming uh, 2024 election and some things like that that you can work on. Um, and then at a local level, uh, I really work with county committees. I've done uh, trainings with three of our four districts so far. I'm looking to do another training later this year in the first district to try and just help people get ready for election season. So there's a lot that you can do as a national committee woman. I'm also just supporting our county committees. I'm headed to Clark County dinner tonight, White County dinner tomorrow, Cleburne County Republican women dinner Saturday. So just trying to get around the state and support our county committees in any way I can. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people just see, you know, national, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of far away, not yeah. accessible. Uh, even, even the state party, I think people just, you know, rightfully, wrongfully think it's not accessible. You know, there's kind of the same thing with our legislators or, or not. But, uh, you know, I'm assuming if, you know, Republicans have an issue or conservatives have an issue, you know, can they can they like reach out to you or, you know, I know they reach out to me for sure, uh, uh, which I'm fine with. Um, but, you know, what... You know, Absolutely. yeah, what's, you know, I guess, you know, I guess what's the appar- apparatus there is, you know, uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, there's a lot of angst even amongst conservatives of, you know, supporting good Republicans. We do. We see a lot of, um, a lot of angst. We see a lot of division even within the conservative movement itself. How conservative do you need to be in order to, to fit in? So um, you can reach me at, through Facebook, um, Mindy McAlinden. You can reach me through Twitter, through my email, mindyforar at gmail dot com. So there's a lot of ways you can reach me. Happy, or you can reach Ken Yang, who can reach me. So that's, that's a great way to do it. <laughs> Good. Well, is is there anything you know? I mentioned. Uh, I'm glad you're on here. I mean, is there any initiative? I know you mentioned some trainings, but there's yeah. any like you know national initiative. You know, as I travel the state, people still talk about you know the the votes of of the past election, you know, what, what are we doing moving forward? Or what is a party doing moving forward? Cause I think, uh, uh, sometimes the party does get a bad rap of, you know, you aren't doing, uh, anything, uh, you are, you know, you are just letting, letting it go. And so, you know, what, what do you say to, to those, to those folks? Well, it is a big machine that moves slowly, unfortunately, and it is frustrating Frustrating to those of us that read the news every day and want to know why we aren't seeing movement, especially on a Republican side. But I will tell you, having come from the meeting just recently, um, there are, I think, 19 lawsuits that the Republican Party is in across the country. So they are definitely working um, kind of back behind the scenes. They're trying to support in um, Arizona. They're also just got standing in the lawsuit in Georgia. Um, So because the... I guess the Justice Department was fighting against the new election laws that Georgia put in place. And the Republican Party now has standing to help defend those laws. So we are actually working behind the scenes. It's just, like I said, it's a slow machine and we're not seeing a lot of movement. But it was good to hear that um, that the National Party is trying to do some things. And then having talked to some state chairmen 
in Georgia and Arizona and some other places, and they are still fighting the fights as well. And not necessarily that an election can be overturned. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think our Constitution allows for that to happen in the way that a lot of people would like to see it happen. Yeah. But uh, they are working to make sure that they figure out what happened and how to fix it next time. Okay. Well, since we're talking about the elections, and you're you're more, you know, you you travel, you go to the national the national level. You so said you just gone to the meeting, and I know you, you you're originally from Tennessee. Is that correct, or you moved from Tennessee? I moved I here from Tennessee. Yeah. I'm originally from Georgia. Originally from Georgia. So my goodness, you, did, you know, hot spot Georgia. You got Tennessee, mm-hmm. and now here in Arkansas. And so you know the all, all the question all the time is. You know, what are you hearing? Is President Trump going to run again in in 2024? Well, I have no insider baseball, so I'm just going to say that. But from what I'm seeing, it really looks like he's gearing up for a run. Um, He's got a good system in place. He continues to kind of water that system and make sure that it's not going away. Um, I see him working as a kingmaker, definitely in some races, which is great. But right now it looks like he could make a run. But, you know, it's a long time. Between now and 2024, and a million things can happen. So. Well, does the, you know, people, I don't know what you, you don't know, name names yeah, or anything, yeah, yeah. but, does, you know, you, does, do, does the party itself, I'm talking about more of the national level when you're when you're together with all yeah. those other people from all around the country, yeah. you know, do, is that a topic of conversation? It is like, definitely uh, a topic of conversation. Uh, um, you know, they were very instrumental in supporting and getting President Trump over the finish line uh, in 2020, and there are a lot of people that would be excited to see him run, even at a national level. So, I don't know. We'll see. But it is definitely a topic of conversation. Okay. Well, I'm always uh, fascinated because, you know, he recently just, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's, he's returning to Iowa with a huge, huge rally. And uh, usually you don't go to Iowa unless you're thinking about uh, running for president, as we've seen uh multiple candidates or candidates multiple politicians like Nikki Haley, Tom Cotton, DeSantis, others visit uh, Iowa and, and New Hampshire. So well, he, he just had an amazing rally in Georgia just a couple weeks ago. Okay, I did not. Oh I, yeah. I, really big sold out. I know he had one in Alabama uh, not not too long ago. It was, Alabama. was it Al- okay. I should know the difference. I was born in Georgia. <laughs> I should know the difference. It's Alabama. Yeah, he big one in Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's so, good. well, uh, when we when we come back, we'll talk a little more about uh, national news um, and just get uh, kind of Mindy's take on it. I uh, was reading an article, talk a little bit about, uh, well, I'll talk, maybe trash a little bit about AOC. What, what an idiot. Gosh, she is such an idiot. I don't know if y'all saw the news yesterday. She said, uh, menstruating persons. And maybe that, that word may make some of the listeners uncomfortable. But that's what she said. She said, menstruating persons. So if, I don't know if for the listeners that are men, uh, I don't know if you're menstruating <laughs> persons or not, but uh, I, I sure as hell I'm not. So, But uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some national news, and uh, and then we'll be back here in a couple minutes. Thank you. We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang uh, filling in for the legendary Dave Ellswick while he's on vacation, while he's uh, on his way. I mean, he might already be there on his way to the beach and uh, enjoying the good weather there and Florida, I believe, is what he said, and, uh, and soaking in. I said yesterday, soaking in the freedom that is in uh, Florida that uh, is hard to find in other states now. And I'm joined by uh, uh, Mindy McAlinden uh, this morning, the National Committee Woman for the Republican Party of Arkansas. And so I mentioned uh, before we went on break, um, AOC, 
was on an interview uh, yesterday. I believe she was on the Anderson Anderson Cooper, that's right. and she said uh, she was talking about the Texas heartbeat uh, bill that's uh, still in effect, where we, they've banned uh, abortions when the heartbeat is detected, which is about usually about six to eight weeks. And the Supreme uh, U.S. Supreme Court decided not to hear it, so the law is upheld. And so, my goodness, so many uh, babies are being being saved as we speak. But she said, you know, she claimed that the law was actually not quote about supporting life end quote and and instead was controlling women's bodies as well as any menstruating person, end quote. So actually, I'll just read her full quote. None of this is about supporting life. What this is about controlling women's bodies and controlling people who are not cisgender men. This is about making sure that someone like me as a woman or any menstruating person in this country cannot make decisions over their own body, end quote. So seeing how... Uh, you are a woman, uh, Mindy. At least I, I think you are. Uh, at this, you know, nowadays you don't, you don't know. Uh, wh- what's your reaction to that? Well, I am a woman, and I identify as a woman <laughs> every day. So every day of my life, uh, it is crazy. This world has gotten crazy. I actually heard of a uh, medical doctor who was a professor teaching medical students who had to come out and apologize because he said women can get pregnant, and that apparently he had offended some in the class that. Um, he had said only women can get pregnant. And I'm well, pretty sure only women can get pregnant. So it is amazing how far left the woke has gotten that you would actually think that you would have to say menstruating persons. So well, I don't know, all, you know any other uh, ty- uh, sex besides women that can menstruate or get pregnant or um, nurse their children or anything like that. And, and, you know, they want to have their cake and eat it, you know, because, uh, um, you know, Jen Psaki you know, chastised, you know, the Fox News reporter uh, uh, for asking about, you know, where President Biden stood on on abortion, on being pro-life. Right. She's Catholic. Being Catholic. That's and right. she's, you know, she'd snap back. Well, you don't know what it's like. You're not a woman. You know, you 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 only you know you can't get pregnant. And it's just like, OK, you just admitted that only women right. can get pregnant. <laughs> so which one is it? Because, you know, the White House has had the initiative. Uh, only when it's convenient. So, um but I will. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. I will say I just super excited. Texas, good for them for their heartbeat bill. And like you said, we are saving babies literally every second. And you know, Arkansas. Just one more plug for Arkansas is the number one pro life state in the country. And happy to see, happy to know that too. But also happy to see the fight that Texas has taken on. So, well, I mean, lives. Dana Losha thinks it are the best. Uh, it's hard to argue that this is an attack on women when you simultaneously simultaneously abort their existence right. with menstruating with the term menstruating persons That's right uh and so it's it's absolutely ridiculous they go on uh they talk about this uh you know they they talk about uh um you know it's just it's just a control they talk about you know we've on this show i know we talk about it so so much about um the control that the national government, the federal government uh, wants, w- w- whether it's with uh, mandating vaccines or masks. And I know I'm tr- making a hard pivot from from national ma- national yeah. to local, but that's what you also see, yeah. uh, uh, you know, in the national media is, you know, mask this, uh, 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 vaccines this, you know, the, the, the legislature met earlier this week and talked about masks and talked about vaccines and i know like the listeners here 
Jay Bakley here. More about what's happening in Central Arkansas. I know you're you're from Northwest Arkansas up there in Benton County, and so you know I'm curious to to know like well what's happening up there in Northwest Arkansas when it comes to to masks and schools and just masks in general or you know or are people wearing them. Uh, you know what 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 are people you know promoting up there in Northwest Arkansas away from Central? Yeah. Well, first just to jump back for half a second yeah the um you know the thing that we've seen with the liberals is that we have moved completely from reasonableness right 15 20 30 years ago we could get to some reasonable points they have embraced everything that is anti-freedom and anti-moral right we want it we want to kill babies. we want the right to kill babies Mm. but we want the right to not rescue people that need to be rescued Right. And so we, we we just tend to embrace we want to be able to say that men can have babies when we all know physically men cannot have babies. No matter what you add or subtract from a male's body, you're not getting well, it's like that photo of, uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg yes, and yes. Uh, and his husband uh, with their new adopted twins. kid yeah. twins. Yeah. And they're laying in a hospital bed. That's right. That's right. I thought we were low on hospital beds. Why are two men who clearly don't need a hospital bed? Right. At- because they can't have babies i don't you know the the picture doesn't even make sense and they're using a hospital bed for a photo op like what do they need the hospital bed for because they had a baby but they didn't (laughs) well apparently they they can you know and uh and the and people don't want to talk about how those i i feel sorry for those two children and this might get me in trouble but i feel sorry for those two children they'll never know the love of a mother they'll never know the love of uh, uh of the nurturing of that only only a mother can uh, can bring to a child that's absolutely right and here's the other thing you have so many people want to adopt babies yes right and so why are we putting babies into situations that one i mean he's already in the spotlight it's not gonna it's not like they're gonna be around they're gonna be raised by a nanny, yeah. right? Why are we not put into a loving home? Well, some people want to raise baby, is want to adopt, but then the left wants to prevent yes, Christian that's right. Christian adoption agencies <laughs> right. from putting kids in Christian homes. Oh, we want to kill them before they're born. That's right. But, and yeah. then and then when they're born, like no, we we don't want you, you know, right. helping to get them adopted to a nice Christian nuclear nuclear family. No. Again, the left is moving towards everything that is against freedom and against what we would consider moral and good values. I mean, I just get you know, that that photo just gets me, you know, and, uh-huh. and like I said, everyone's, you know, celebrating and you know, look at the, the good, the, 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 the babies are alive, yes. they get to live, they get to have a chance in life, uh, but they're put in a situation where, you know, I think they'll be missing out, missing out a lot. Yeah. 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 I you know, yeah. you know, I, I just, you know, well, what do you do for <laughs> my dad would say, well, what do you do for Mother's Day? I guess one of them gets to be the ma. I just identify <laughs> as the just, mom, you know. You know, or you just celebrate Father's Day. Yeah. You just celebrate, you know, too. But aren't they, don't they call that now Birthing Person's Day? So, right, we've moved from Mother's Day to Birthing yeah, Person's there, Day? Yeah, there's been a movement so, to, take, to, to, get, to get rid of Mothers and Father's yeah, Day because right. for those that don't have a mother, you know, they may be sad or offended. For those that don't have fathers, we right. say, but that's just called, that's called life. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying they can yeah. they can work around that. They can decide who wants to be the birthing person and celebrate each day. It's just ridiculous. It I mean, ridiculous. I, I just told, I told I, I travel around the state, and you know we often say LGBTQ, and uh, you know for the listeners that don't know, 
they probably don't care, but I'll tell you anyways. <laughs> you know, it's now LGBTQIA+. You know, people, and uh, I haven't uh, done the due diligence of researching what the new letters stand for, but uh, um, that's what it is now. And yeah. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what else. I mean, hopefully, by adding plus on it, that means they won't add any, any more letters because that makes it all encompassing. They just might just say it's A through A through Z. Uh, but it's just I, I don't I don't understand, and then I don't understand. Republicans, and I will say young Republicans, my age and younger, that seemingly uh, support that uh, agenda. You know, you you can have your own convictions and beliefs as a Christian and have friends that are mm-hmm. gay or, or bi or, or trans or whatever you want to call it, but not support that agenda. And I think young people really uh, don't really understand that. And I'll put the onus on, on the older generation of not uh, uh, being more of mentors and, and promoting uh, promoting good good values um, to, to our young folks and just kind of letting them do what they want to do. I put the onus on the church too, right? We, mm. we have walked away from preaching what the Bible actually says to really moving towards kind of not wanting to offend people because we want to fill seats yep. and we want to be sure that we're, you know, financially Oh, I supported. love that. Yes, the onus on churches. Well, we have a uh, uh, hard break here with the news, and we'll be back uh, with the next segment with Lance and talk about the 1% sales tax. Good morning. We're back on the Dave Ellswick Show this morning. This is Ken Yang, joined by Minnie McAlinda, National Committee Woman of the Republican Party of Arkansas, serving in her first term. And uh, we're we're waiting on uh, Lance Hines to call in. He is actually the city director here, one of the city directors here in Little Rock. I believe he's the vice mayor too, if I remember correctly. And uh, uh, he's going to talk about the one percent uh, sales tax. One percent, I think sales tax, but one percent tax uh, that uh, they're trying to increase. That the mayor here is trying to increase. And uh, I believe Lance is on. Good morning, Lance. Morning, Ken. Glad to be on with you. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for for being on. Uh, so, the an election, a special election. Go figure. A special mm-hmm. election is happening uh, here in the city of Little Rock, and of course, Dave has a bunches of, of listeners here in the city. Uh, tell us, tell us what's happening and and what people need to do. I believe early voting's already started. Well, yeah, early voting started Tuesday. Uh, election day's next Tuesday, so we've got a, a you know essentially four days of early voting. Five if you count Monday uh, at the Pulaski County Center. But we're urging everybody to go out and vote against this. Uh, the sales tax raise, uh, you know, this is far different from what we did 10 years ago that had virtually full board support and, and passed, uh, passed pretty easily. We've got the three eight cent, uh, that we put a 10 year sunset on that sunsets at the end of this year. And instead of the mayor wanting to go out and try to renew that and keep the 10 year capital projects going, uh, he's wanting to add another 1% back to, uh, to, uh, to our tax bills uh, when we make purchases at the grocery store, at restaurants, uh, all of those those areas. But uh, you know, other than how it was put on the ballot, which was at a bunch of it was at a bunch of special call meetings um, uh, to get it on the ballot because he he really struggled to get his votes. He, he he got the minimum amount of votes to get it on the ballot of six. Um, you know, it's just. 
uh, everybody says, well, what's, what's the problem with it? It's really misplaced priorities. The, the spending in the bill is virtually 48% of it's going to parks and the zoo. Uh, if you like uh, $30 million giraffe exhibits and uh, $38 million sports complexes that they don't even know where they're going to put them yet, uh, it's, it's a great thing. But uh, we just feel that the priorities in the, in the sales tax are, are misplaced. And I, I formed a group, along with a few others, called Responsible Taxation for Little Rock. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, Twitter, and a website. Uh, Stop1%.tax is, uh, is our website. But, you know, it's it's just the misplaced priorities on all this stuff. So, uh, you know, the we're getting also into some areas where city government doesn't need to be into. They're wanting to put $40 million into early childhood education, uh, basically daycare, because they're wanting to focus on infant to two-year-olds. And they've already admitted the first five years they're not going to spend any money <clears throat> on kids or, or early childhood education, only providing technical assistance to existing yeah. early childhood education um, so let, so, uh, so the commercials is, uh, I'm seeing that talks about helping children – that account because mm-hmm. they're saying, well, this will raise about five hundred million or something. I think is the number they're it's saying. Five hundred forty. Yeah, it's about five hundred forty million. And if you take today's inflation rate, it's actually going to be more than that. The okay. other dirty little secret they're trying to keep hidden is we're running a uh, after last month's sales tax over eight and a half million dollar surplus through the first six months. So, so year. less than ten percent, uh, even less than eight percent of it's actually going to go to what the quote unquote the children. Uh, even and yeah, that's what they've yeah, been pushing yeah. hard hard on. So my my oh, question, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know Mandy will have a question here uh, here, but I got a, a, a quick question is. So you know, I was at our quorum court meeting uh, recently in Saline County, and we were talking about the American Rescue Plan and how you know counties and cities and states are getting money. And I and I was just doing a little research that the city of Little Rock is getting thirty seven point seven million dollars in American Rescue Plan money. Like, wh- how how is that not it, that's the that's the money you know even though i don't really agree with the concept of the american rescue plan but that's the that's the money that's supposed to help cities and counties and so is is, is i mean does that not satisfy the mayor for the time being that he's getting almost 40 million dollars in, in federal money and and not have to do this one percent tax no 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 you know he's you got to remember he started this one percent sales tax raise Two years ago, he called it off because of the pandemic, but he was out trying to raise the tax uh, well before this. So, you know, what it really amounts to is the last time we did a sales tax, we went out to every part of the city, had public hearings in every ward and asked the citizens of Little Rock if we were going to do a sales tax, what would they like to see happen in their wards? All all this is, is Mayor Scott's agenda and, uh, you know, that he, he wants – $54 million a year, $540 million over 10 years to implement his agenda for what he thinks is important for Little Rock, not what Little Rock, Little Rock thinks is important for Little Rock. Well, people so, are – yeah, are, and the, the American yeah. Rescue Act funds are de- – the, the, other, the other thing is, and I've talked to, uh, to some folks at DHS, uh, DHS is getting $400 million for early childhood education. Ooh. And And – Municipal government shouldn't be playing in this area. We don't have any expertise. We don't have any. And by their own admission, they're going to have to outsource and hire all this. They they just have this idea that it would be a great thing 
to get into early childhood education without any plan. And, you know, I think it's just going to be a huge waste of money that's not really going to help any. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and the, so it's, you know, and, and that's just minor. But if you look at it where we're not spending money is in public works and public safety. And, you know, the, the, they talk about $80 million for public works, split $40 million to street resurfacing and $40 million uh, to other projects. But if you look at that, that's not a lot of money. Uh, the street resurfacing is going to be split evenly between the wards. That amounts to about $570,000 a year for street resurfacing. $570,000 won't even get half, half of uh, half of one lane down Chennault Parkway resurfaced. Yep. So, you know, well, that's actually what I was about to, to, to go to is, you know, I, just outside of Pulaski County, I just say Pulaski County, but outside of Little Rock, but outside of Pulaski County, your surrounding counties uh, are having to deal with I, crime is a cancer. Uh, it's a cancer that spreads yeah. and, is, and it's spreading. And and uh, your 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 y'all's mayors think that they can build nice buildings and and somehow all of it will just disappear. And my thing is like <laughs> I I don't understand why consistently the media and others that that support the mayor don't do not talk about the rampant crime uh, here in the city of Little Rock. That people are genuinely scared to go to the River Market to go to downtown Little Rock now because they're scared that they. Well, get murdered. Let's just be honest. Used to, you'd be scared maybe to get mugged, which is still not a good thing. Hey, hey, I've said all along in this that 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 you can have the nicest parks and the nicest zoo in the nation, not just in the city or the state. And if people don't feel safe, they're not going to go to. They're not going to utilize it. And and the funny thing about this is, again, talk about police. They 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 are so scared to talk about actual police in their advertising that they always catch it in public safety. And the majority of the public safety funds are going to the fire department to build a fire station in West Little Rock and staff it. But the thing that they ignore is, is that they talk, the only thing in the police they talk about is this real time information, this real time crime information center. But the funny thing is you can have a real time crime information center, but if you don't have the police to respond to it, it's useless. Well, they, they didn't have the police to, you know, the the previous mayor had trouble hiring the, uh, you know, vacancy. No, 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 no. That's, 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 where, that's where you're wrong. Okay. When Frank Scott took office, Kenton Buckner had got the police force fully staffed. We were fully staffed when the mayor took office. We had, we had a recruit class in school that made us fully staffed when they graduated in the middle of Frank's first year. Okay. The amount of attrition we've had in the police department since Frank Scott and Chief Humphrey have taken over, we can't keep up with our attrition rate. Uh, and, and, and it's just been a continual shedding. Most other law enforcement agencies in Central Arkansas aren't having trouble hiring officers because they're hiring ours. The state police, Benton, Bryant, North Little Rock. We've got, we've got, we just had a, a, a Tommy Hudson who, who had retired and then came back out of retirement to run our cold case unit. Just announced this week that he's leaving to go to North Little Rock to run their cold case unit. Wow. Well, why, you know, but so, you know, I, I think I see multiple times. I mean, why is the chief of police still the chief of police? 
I mean, I know, I know he serves at the pleasure of the, of the of the mayor, but I, you know, I've seen so many, you know, calls and you know letters of you know we don't uh, support him anymore from 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 all sorts of organizations and folks well, I, and and what's what's the excuse I, where y'all are getting can, that he's still around? You, I can tell you what I can tell you what I think it is. I think we have defund the police by attrition and hostile work environment going on. If you really want to know how I truly feel about it. And I think the mayor and the police chief are getting exactly what they want. Uh, the the hostile work environment uh, and the attrition rate, we, we don't have enough, a force effective police force right now. And, and when, when I, you know, they want to talk about our, our vacancy savings and our vacancies that we've got, it really doesn't matter how many vacancies you have. You have to know how many officers you have showing up to a worker patrol shift. And right now, because of vacation, people being out on sick leave, people being in the military, and just the lack of officers that we haven't hired, uh, you know, we have, instead of having 18 officers show up for a patrol shift on the 3 to 11, which is the peak time from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., uh, we're running patrol shifts with, with 9 to 12 officers instead of 18 to 20 like we should be. So you're talking about, you know, three patrol divisions, 124 square miles, and we're we're running at 75 percent of the police officers we need to have on the street. So we can't do proactive policing. We're having to be very reactive. And and anybody that lives in my area, West Little Rock, understands this. You know, unless unless you've got shots fired and and somebody bleeding, it's a 25 minute response to get police out of somebody's trying to break into your house or your car. It's crazy. Well, and uh, and we didn't have that. I mean, and that, that's the that's the mystery. The, the mayor wants to say, oh, no, we weren't fully staffed. I've got the data. We were fully staffed when the mayor took over. That was one of the things that our ex, our old police chief, Kenton Bucker, he revamped our recruiting program. And we were we were running recruit classes of 28 to 32 uh, students. The current recruit class we've got in right now has 11 recruits and three fire marshals in it. So now they're going to say it's 14, but three of them work for the fire department, and they're going to be fire marshals. So we've only got 11 Man. recruits going in, and we've had 20 or 30 officers leave or quit this year. Okay. Hey. Well, if we stay on this for uh, uh, just well, before before we get on break, I think uh, 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 Mindy has a couple of questions to ask about the tax, and sure. then uh, you can talk sure. about uh, you know what people need to do and get out and vote and all that good stuff. So we'll go on break real quick, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. We're back on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got Mindy McAlinden with me here in studio, and we also have City Director Lance Hines, who's here to talk about uh, how you should go out and vote. If you're in the city in Little Rock, you should go out and vote and vote no on this 1% tax. Thank you for uh, being with us, Lance, and I think Mindy maybe has a couple questions. Hey, Lance. It's so nice to meet you. I appreciate your fight out there. I, um, uh, like I said, I, I wish that uh, I could be supporting something that would be good for the city, but this is just the wrong time and the wrong things to be doing with uh, sales tax money. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. You know, it looks to me like you've got this percent tax, that, what is it, three-eighths of a percent that's sunsetting uh, at the beginning of yeah. next year. And, you know, how would it how would it look if you just didn't sunset that, if you just kept it at 9%? Is that not something that the mayor could do in order to kind of fund some things without having to build a castle? Yeah, it's absolutely something we could do. And, and, and that, that three, eight cent was, was designated for capital projects. And we just had a report 
Um, last week on from our scent committee on that three eight cent capital projects and it, and how that was split was we split the capital projects evenly among the wards and then we had a ten percent holdback for citywide projects and it's been a very successful program and people could see you know we did streets drainage street resurfacing uh, we did fire apparatus and uh, you know. We built the 12th Street Police Station with it. We're building a new police headquarters with it. Um, you know, the only, that's probably the one place we fell a little short is we were going to supposed to try to build a new courts and police headquarters all in one, and we just didn't have enough sales tax collections to do that. But you know, yeah, we could we could definitely do that, and that's really the only thing I would have supported. Um, you know, but the mayor decided he wanted to be bigger and bolder, I guess, and and you know. You got to realize the times we're in. We've got runaway inflation. We got inflation at a 13-year high. Uh, gas is up, you know, 30 to 40 percent at the pump. It's up at least a dollar a gallon over list time last year. Your grocery bills are up 15 to 20 percent, and you know you want to tack a one percent sales tax on top of that. It, it's just not the right time. And and he's been tone deaf to listening to his fellow directors that he works with telling him what, what works and what we can get past. And, you know, yeah, I think that's really what we should be doing right now is asking folks to renew the three, eight cent because it, we're, we're very accountable on it. And it's, and it's, uh, it's sunset. The, well, the only measure. silver lining in this, this deal is there is a 10 year sunset on it, but there's a trap in there because you've got operating funds uh, going to operate all these new buildings and facilities out of the sales tax that they're planning that in 10 years, if it doesn't get renewed, we won't have any people to run those facilities. It's, it's like I said, it's just the wrong time and wrong priorities right now to be raising, raising taxes on folks, you know, well, it, it does. Um, and it definitely sounds like we're just want to build some monuments to our mayorship instead of uh, doing what's best for the people, you know, going out and finding uh, businesses to come into town to having events in town you know, that all increases our sales tax. And if we're at, you've got that extra three-eighths of a percent in there, you don't have to raise taxes if you're actually growing the city and growing events in the city. So, uh, and, and that's the other thing is we are, we are growing. Our sales tax is growing right now. Since we started collecting sales tax on Internet sales, yeah. we're, like I said earlier, we're running over an $8 million surplus right now through the first six months of this year. That's our, if we keep that rate up, we'll have a $20 million surplus at the end of the year. You know, that's almost that's a, a that's giraffe how. exhibit at the zoo. Yeah, there you go. There's your giraffe exhibit. You know, people forget the last time we had a giraffe exhibit, uh, one of the giraffes killed the other one. So we had homicidal giraffes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, it's high crime rate here in Little Rock. Yeah. I do miss miss uh, the giraffes uh, in Little Rock, but I don't want to pay $30 million for... uh, for a giraffe but uh, lance what do uh how's the election looking what do people need to do uh, uh you know what's your message yeah. to get people out to vote the message is hey if you don't want to pay 11.625 percent sales tax on your restaurant bill because that's what it is with the hamburger tax tacked in oh, wow. uh, go vote no <laughs> and, and that's the other thing our it's killing our restaurant tours you know they're struggling anyway to get help, and, and they're struggling. Every restaurant I've been to in Little Rock has had a, a deal. Hey, we're sorry. We've had to raise prices because our, our cost of goods is going up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so the, we're all seeing it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the sad thing is it, it, it impacts uh, struggling and poor families the most. 
You know, because this, this sales tax goes on your utility bills, it goes on your grocery bill, it goes on the gas you put in your car, it goes on everything you consume within the city limits of Little Rock. And, and our tax burden in Little Rock is the highest in the state already. Our, our millage for property tax, our business taxes, um, you know, uh, we have a franchise fee we charge on utility bills that's 10%, that's twice as, you know, our, our property taxes are two to three times anybody else in the state. Our franchise taxes are, are two times anybody in the state. And we've got some cities that don't charge, don't charge franchise taxes on their utility bills. So, you know, that's, when you look at total tax burden, that, that's where it's pretty egregious too. And, and I guess the mayor believes that since we're not the highest sales tax, we need to be the highest sales tax wow. in the state since we're the highest in everything else. But there, there's not a lot of logic. So like I said, this is, this is his agenda, and he wants it done no matter what the price. Uh, and he's, he's out in his community getting folks to vote against their, best, their own best interest, trying to tell them that they're going to get early childhood education, and it's just not going to happen. You can, you can take $4, $4 million a year and divide it up, and uh, it doesn't serve a lot of kids. So folks, you know, we, folks we can go, be so folks can go vote. They can go vote. Uh, they can go yep. vote today. What, what, like, what are the hours of they voting? Can vote today, 10, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, in West Little Rock, you can vote at Roosevelt Thompson Library on Rawling Circle. You can vote at Terry Library on Napa Valley. Uh, in the Heights Hillcrest, you can vote at Fletcher Library on Buchanan. Uh, on John Barrow, you can vote at Sid McMath Library, and I think there's three other sites. There's the, the Pulaski County Regional Building across from City Hall you can vote at, but 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today, tomorrow, and Friday. I mean, well, tomorrow and – yeah, today's Thursday, yeah, right? tomorrow. Uh, yeah. uh, t- today and tomorrow, and then you can vote Monday at the Pulaski County Regional Center, and then, of course, Tuesday is Election Day. So I encourage everybody to please go vote. Uh, 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 not voting for this is a yes vote uh, because they are definitely trying to roll out uh, his his yeah. uh, constituents to vote for this, and it's it's all about voting. But but our early voting turnout, I haven't seen yesterday's numbers yet, but uh, we had really good turnout in uh, wards three, four, and five, which is awesome. the western part of awesome. the city in Heights Hillcrest. The, the areas that passed it last time that are most against it this time. Uh, are having high voter turnout. Right. We'll see. I'll get the numbers right. later from the. Uh, well, yeah. Well, thank you, Lance. Commission. Thank you, Lance, for joining us this morning. Appreciate it, uh, and have a have a great day. Uh, we're right, uh, coming up on a, a heartbreak. We got uh, the car guys coming in, and uh, we'll be back here in a couple minutes.
We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang filling in for Dave uh, today. I will be back next Wednesday to fill in. Is it uh, Robert Steinbach that's filling in tomorrow? Robert Steinbach will be filling in tomorrow, but we still got another hour uh, pivoting to the car guys. And right now it's just the car guy with Joe because <laughs> uh, I am car illiterate. And when you, when I talk to Joe and Duck when they come in uh, every week, I think they can probably tell that I'm car illiterate because um, I, I I feel like I sound stupid when I talk to you all about cars. But uh, I'm sure that's that's why we have this segment uh, so people can ask questions. How's it going, Joe? I'm doing good. Most people that own an automobile in today's world don't know much about them either because they've changed so much from the car that your father drove to the one that you learned to drive in. Today's car is a hundred times more complicated. That's not right here. Electronics. That's what you and I, well, you know, someone's saying that there's more wrecks now, and I think it's because there's more electronic because you don't you don't. Take a look back. You don't look in the mirrors. You're you're focusing on the camera that's been provided to you, and I think that's why there's more wrecks, not because of anything else. Well, there's more wrecks because there's more cars on the road, and number two, everybody got a phone in their hand. That's it's a, distracted driving. That too. causes more wrecks than anything. Mm-hmm. You talk about my dad's car. I'm thinking about he had a Cadillac Fleetwood. My goodness, that was such a nice yeah big car. Too. Big. <laughs> I remember he got into a wreck one time. It looked like there was just a little ding mm-hmm. on his car, and mm-hmm. the other car was just totaled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was driving a tank. Yes, That's yes. it, you know. Oh, it was great. I love that car. Well, you know, it, you can correct me if I'm doing all this wrong, because I, I, I don't, you know, I'm usually here about politics, not about cars, but uh, y'all know the listeners email yep. uh, uh, Dave, or there's a specific email uh, and then they ask questions. And so we'll go ahead and start with the first one. Uh, Chris, who owns a uh, 2013 Hyundai Elantra, uh, four-cylinder, 1.8 liters, um, says, When I turn my car on, the AC blower sometimes doesn't come on at all. Other times it does. Sometimes I have to turn my car, car on and off to get the AC blower to come on. Well, on that year model car, to 2013 so he's going on like nine years old uh the problem with that is i don't have the mileage on here but i have a good feeling he's just got a bad wore out blower motor blower motors are like the old your grandma's old box fan when it sat there and run for a long time and you plugged it in it wouldn't run but if you went over and you gave it a little push with the blade boom it's off and running automobile blower motors the same way they get old they wear out they get weak so two or three times of turning it on it finally started. I've seen them where you could reach over there underneath the dash where they're located and give it a little tap, and boom, they'll off and run again. But most likely, it's just got a wore-out blower motor. Hey, you learn something new every day. That's well, what that's what I have to do with my fan in my office. <laughs> there you go. Uh, see, what, what led me to that more than anything is the fact that he said when it runs, he's not complaining about not having a low, a medium, or a high speed. Mm-hmm. That resistor would control that. Uh most likely the blower motor's bad. Just put a new blower motor in it, and it's going to fix it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully that uh, answers your – you're listening, Chris, and that answers your question. Sounds like a, a sounds like an easy uh, solution. Uh, Gomez, 2012 Chrysler Town & Country Touring, six-cylinder, 3.6 liters. Uh, does this sound like my ECM needs to be replaced? 
Uh, my wife's minivan has been giving me fits. A few months ago, it had a battery warning light come on. Took to a shop. They diagnosed it with a bad alternator, but battery was still good. I replaced the alternator with a new Mopar brand. Today, I got the same battery warning light. About five minutes of driving later, car stopped shifting. AC ran low. Tons of warning lights. Wouldn't start right away, but waited 15 and started okay. Wondering ECM. Well, this particular vehicle has got a... uh alternator that is controlled by the engine control module that's what he's calling the ecm and the ecm controls it calls for the alternator to charge sometimes it'll call for it to fully charge sometimes partial charge sometimes not charge but just enough to keep the battery from uh you're putting in as much as what you're using on it now he's put a new alternator on this he's put a new battery in it if those parts are good and i assume they are from this uh question he's asking so yes it's very possible he has a bad ecm but there is a way to check that and a lot of times you can hook a scanner up to it and you can go drive this vehicle and you can look at that command on that alternator uh, as far as it wanting to put the signal out to call for more or less you can look at that and if it's not calling for it then yeah it's going to be a bad ecm but if it's calling for it and the alternator is not responding or there was an installation there, something didn't get plugged in good or tightened up right, or the list goes on and on of things that could have went wrong during the installation. Uh, the reason the car went dead again and it quit driving, all the lights came on. When it gets down to low voltage on the battery, the, the car starts turning off accessories, analog brakes, radio, air conditioning, all that stuff will quit because it's trying to save the battery so it'll keep the engine running longer. So basically, it was not charging, but why was it not charging? He needs to investigate that. Just because it's a new alternator, that doesn't mean necessarily mean that it's it's good. I hate to say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, does you know? Does he need to? Yeah, I guess I'm asking for him now because I'm I'm curious. Does he need to take it into the shop? Would he take it into a shop like yours? Uh, or well, if he brought it into one of the bumper to bumper certified service centers, is what I'd recommend. And uh, any of them, I don't know where he's located at, so yep. can't give him a direction on which one to go Definitely. to. But but any of them are going to be capable of diagnosing this problem, and there are going to be a bunch of them that'll be capable of replacing the ECM programming and fixing him okay. if it needs that. I don't know okay. that it does, but it needs further testing. Is what it needs. Well, for those that you're listening, because I did share this on my uh, Facebook page, Joe's with uh, Joe's Garage over there in North Little Rock on Crystal Hill. Uh, and uh, yeah, I met met y'all long ago with, with Duck and Joe. Duck Duck's not uh, here this morning, uh, but they do they do good work. So if you're in Central Arkansas, you make Google Joe's Garage, but they're all over there on Crystal Hill. Um, let's see. I got that. Yeah, we got time. We got uh, Michelle uh, has a 2012 Kia Sportage. Um, four-cylinder, uh, 2.4 liters, and her comments, questions, squill and front wheel assembly, squilling noise when driving, especially when wheel is turning turned to the right. Could this be my brakes? Well, it very much could be. The brakes have got what they call uh, little metal tabs on them. When the brake pads get wore down to a certain amount and the rotor touches it, it'll cause it to squeal. Now, you're always going to have just a little bit of slack in in the front wheel bearings and, and, and the rotors. So if you're making a right or left turn and you're hearing that eek, 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 squeaking noise, it's a good chance it's the brakes. 
other causes for the squeaking noise could be a, a wheel bearing or a heat shield, like a dust shield down there that got bent and is touching the rotor or something. Um, noises are hard to diagnose without actually hearing them, mm-hmm. which, you know, a road test would verify whether or not it's wheel bearing or not because generally you could get a, a little bit of a bearing roar in there with that. Yeah. So it would be a drive, pretty much a test drive to diagnose whether or not it's a wheel bearing or just a brakes and then an inspection on the brakes, see if it needs them. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking about that about my car, how it makes kind of the cylindrical woo-woo-woo noise while driving. So, yeah. um You'd be amazed at some of the terminology that people give us sometimes, and, and we'll go drive it and think, well, I would have never described it like that. But noises are like if you come to my place they're going to say well you need to go for a ride with joe because i have driven cars before and the customer has said it's doing this i'll drive it and say yeah it's got a bad wheel bearing it's raising cane <laughs> i fixed the wheel bearing because that's what it needs and i called them and priced it and they said fix it they'll pick it up and they'll come right back so you didn't fix the noise i was complaining about <laughs> so now <laughs> we get down to well i fixed the noise that was mechanically needed to be fixed because it was detrimental to the vehicle as well as safety issue now we get down to where all right that squeaking noise up there you're hearing that's just a body squeak or it'll be something in the trunk rolling around or it could be something in the floorboard or something minor and i ain't worried about that and nobody else is it's safe to drive yep so i kind of ride with folks now to say all right pinpoint the noise and, and when it does it we'll we'll look at it together and see what's going on awesome yeah. awesome well uh, we're about to go we're gonna go on break we'll come back with uh, the car guys with joe and answer answer more questions we'll be back here in a couple minutes good morning we're on the dave elsick show we're with the car guys now gary has joined us the other expert uh i'm definitely not an expert as i mentioned before but joe and uh, uh gary are here good to nice to meet you gary i don't, I don't think we've ever officially met before i so. don't believe we have good good well glad you're here um there's a uh we got mike uh, here who has a question i think you're suited to answer is a tw- 2001 jeep cherokee sport six cylinder four liters why is my transfer case getting hot after is that psi install uh, i installed syE in my transfer case now after about 45 minute drive down the highway it starts to mess up i can feel the four wheel drive shift lever raise up on exploration and braking and i feel movement in it when i hit bumps in the road it will also cause four high to want to engage and it won't shift right through throughout the four wheel drive gears when the jeep has been sitting and it's cold everything works fine it seems to me it's getting so hot and heating the transmission mount to the point it puts play in the transmission mount but why is it getting so hot i replaced the transmission mount but it still does the same thing Hmm. That's a slip yoke eliminator kit that they install when they put lift kits on these things and for the extreme drive shaft angle. Now, getting hot, you know, the these kits, you got to take the transfer case apart to install these things. So my question is, you know, gee, did we get everything assembled correctly? Uh, did we use the correct oil? And... It doesn't have a temperature gauge, so I don't know exactly how hot the thing is getting. But uh, and I don't know how he knows unless he's got an infrared temperature gun there. Yeah, he's got to have some kind of uh, yeah temp probe to check that. Or 
He's just putting his hand on it and think, boy, that feels hot. Right. 200 degrees is not abnormal, is it? No, it's normal. Yeah, you know, it's his, hot his, to the touch. Yeah, his shifting issues is the geometry of his shift linkage correct, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on something like that. So this is something, you know, that he's going to have to get it to somebody to take a look at, you know, uh, to see if the linkage is what it is. And well, first, hopefully he put ATF in it and not gear oil. Yeah. You know, you're still back to this. He did it himself. So, uh, and, and you know, Gary, we deal with this every day. Uh, do it yourselfers, and sometimes they create more problems than they had in the beginning. Absolutely, <laughs> I, they do. I, I can't say it any better than that. If and, you don't know what you're doing, leave it alone, right? And, and cleaning up some of that stuff is frustrating yes. and challenging sometimes. Well, they don't want to pay to get it fixed again because they've already done it. And a lot of times you end up telling them, well, this is because you did this, and they'll argue with you about it. Get your feelings hurt. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm better than that. Well, I I want to be like, well, you're having a problem, and you're asking me for help. We're trying to help, and now you want to argue about it. So, we're done there. You need to go back home and figure it out. (laughs) Go home. I love it. I love it. And you'll get there. Yeah, when you get tired and you keep tearing up stuff and you're ready to pay somebody that knows what they're doing to fix it, bring it back. Right. Without having an attitude. That's true. That's it. But I do get attitude when I go to the dealership and they try to sell me a lot of stuff. I don't blame you. Okay. (laughs) We do. We do oil services, which is an oil change. And and we do inspections when that comes in. We look at the wiper blades, the brakes, you know, the tires, air filter, cabin air filter, and just general look for leaks. Mm -hmm. We're looking for something that might be detrimental to the vehicle or detrimental for it to be safe you know and in the course of doing that we give a little road test we listen to wheel bearings but you get all that with oil change don't you gary yes you do yeah so and you know what we're not going to sell you marginal stuff yeah if it's bad we're going to tell you if it's not bad we're going to let it go find someone local that's That's all i gotta say find someone local because they they know what they're doing and uh, they're not going to uh, most of the time, they're not going to upcharge you or anything like that. Do we go to Tim? Let's say, let's go to Tim. Okay. Uh, twenty. He has a 2012 Jeep Wrangler, uh, unlimited sport edition, six cylinder, three point six uh, liters. Uh, body to frame mounts left loose by body repair shop. Their frame had to be replaced on my 2012 uh, Jeep Wrangler about a year and a half ago. I've only since driven the vehicle about five thousand miles. Approximately two to three months ago, the vehicle started making a clicking noise whenever I attempted to move the vehicle forward. It has gotten increasingly uh, worse. A mechanic heard the noise and said it sounds uh, like possibly front-end bushings, and I could have I should have it looked at ASAP. I took it to the auto repair shop, and they said that all the bushings were fine and found no other problem other than all eight of the body-to-frame mounts were not torqued correctly or so loose it damaged the mounts, which now must be totally replaced. Have not yet contacted the body shop who replaced the frame. I think that's the first thing that needs to be done is get in contact with them. And, you know, none of our places are perfect. But if there's an issue with any of the work that we've done and charged people for, I'm going to say most all of us are more than willing to take care of any problem that one of our technicians may have overlooked or did incorrectly. Oh, absolutely. You know, bumper-to-bumper certified service centers, which that's what Gary is at Mid-State Transmission, and me at Joe's Garage, uh, we have a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor. And, and you know, if, if, if you think that that's saying that we're not as good as 
the dealer or anything like that, you're wrong. How about if you go buy a new car or truck? Do they give you a warranty on that? Yes. Yes. Why? Because they know that some of them are going to break. Yeah. All the parts brand new on that vehicle, but they're going to have part failures and they're going to have assembly line failures and they're going to have issues with things they didn't think about when the car was tested and run through its paces. It's not like driving it in the real world, is it, Gary? No, it's not. You know, these things aren't driven much. You go buy a brand new and it's got one to four miles on it. That's they, correct. They hadn't put many miles on it. They're assembling this sucker, assuming all the parts made offshore are just fine. You know, uh, park it on the lot for sale. Yeah, but, you know, our warranty is for the part we put on, plus the labor. And, and actually, if you bring it back and we have a part failure and we send it back to bumper to bumper and they give us another and we put it on, if we file a labor claim on it, they reimburse us on the labor. So we're not out nothing. Right. Yeah. And we want to yeah, do that so people feel good about spending money sure. at our place and doing business at our place, you know, because if there's a problem, you know, uh, we, we take care of it. That's it. Yeah. And, that, and that's the whole thing. These people, regardless where it's done at, you know, whoever did the work, they, they, they're human. They deserve a, a chance to make right on whatever work they did. There you go. There you go. Well, that's a, is that's, that's mid-state transmission in, in Benton or is that right? Or yes. Is, okay. Over there on Sleepy Village Road, Saline County. I'm from Saline County. Uh, mid-state transmission. And of course, Joe's Garage in uh, North Little Rock. I think we got time to do uh, one more before we go to news. Debbie with the uh, 2011 Ford Focus, uh, four cylinder, two liter. What can I do when I make left hand turn and hear uh, like Doc rolling around in my driver's side front wheel? This noise just started within the last couple of days. Is it harmful? Can I still drive my car for it? For it's how I get to work or wait? Doesn't it do it if I make a right hand turn? Well, if she's making a right hand turn. It's probably a wheel bearing that's doing this noise. What do you think, Gary? From from the best I can interpret the question, mm-hmm. that that's what I'm saying. You know, once mm-hmm. again, get it to somebody that does it and get their opinion, and then they can advise whether this is safe or you better not drive it to make. What do what do, what do y'all usually? Someone brings in, say, can I look at it? Do y'all usually charge, or is there like a you know some some sort of fee or whatever? I know that's as a consumer, that's kind of you're always like, oh, what's the front end? What am I going to pay at the front end just for you to check my vehicle? Car shops have a diagnostic fee. Right. You know, it might require a scan tool, it might require some electrical testing, it might require a road test, it might require pull the car in, put on a lift. Do a visual inspection, spin the tires and wheels, put a stethoscope on it, listen to the wheel bearings. All that, yes, there's a diagnostic fee for that because you can't fix a car unless you know what's wrong right. with it. You don't know what it's going to cost till you know what's wrong with it, and you don't know how long it's going to take to fix it until you know what's wrong with it. So the diagnostic is the most important part because anybody can fix a car if there was a guy that said, you go do this to it, points and says, go do that to it. Yeah. But that car actually has to have hands-on testing to find out for sure, right? Right. right. So you know, she mentioned is it is it harmful for her for her to drive the car? Just from what her comments, do you think it, it's it's can she still drive it? She or? needs to, she needs to get it checked as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Yeah. So Debbie, go find someone local, get it checked. Probably won't pay. You know, I don't want to say too much, but probably won't pay too much for a diagnostic. And um, I always tell people get it checked on the front end. 
because the long my dad always told me the longer you wait the more problems that will probably arise and you're just going to add on to that if uh, that's bill. the wheel bearing going bad it's going to if she keeps driving it it's going to potentially ruin the rotor the brake caliper the brake caliper bracket possibly the axle yes so she needs to get it looked at okay well, we're uh, coming up on a, a hard break here. I am going to leave y'all be so that you don't have to deal with me and, and being <laughs> car illiterate and everything. But this was enlightening uh, uh, for me. I appreciate y'all. That's uh, Joe's with uh, Joe's Car Gra- uh, Garage and Mid-State Transmission. Thank you. We are back with the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang filling in. I lied. I said I was leaving, but uh, we talked they, into it. Yeah, they talked me into uh, to to staying. So I'll be staying until the to the end of the show. Uh, but uh, I was told you are going to talk about uh, bump, bumper to bumper. Yeah, we're going to talk about bumper to bumper because me and Gary Henry and about eight or ten other guys on the Car and Truck Doctor show we're all garage owners. Ducks Garage, Sullivan's Garage. The list goes on and on. Uh, we purchase parts from bumper to bumper, and we are a bumper to bumper certified service center because the quality of the parts we get and the availability of them. They have a warehouse, a distribution center here in Little Rock. It's got about fourteen, fifteen thousand, excuse me, million dollars worth of parts in it, and uh, their quality parts. AC Delco. They've got Motorcraft batteries. They got a lot of Motorcraft carts. A lot of their parts are made by Standard Motor Products and. What else do you think about it, Gary? You know, it's all about the whole package deal with bumper to bumper. You know, from the quality of parts, the availability of the parts, any problem after the sale is not a problem. So it's a good package deal for us that complements mine and Joe's businesses to help be successful at the end of the day and provide a good quality repair and value for the customer. Yeah, that's what we're after awesome awesome that's good to know well i will get to more questions I, i'm gonna be selfish and uh, we talked about this a little bit uh uh when you came in joe yeah. about my car so i have sure. a 2018 nissan Sentra. uh i uh, um all that construction over there in cantrell i'll be honest wasn't really paying attention late at night uh ran into the curve uh, ruined uh both left side uh, driver's side tires mm-hmm. and took it to the shop about half of it was covered under warranty and to replace the strut on the front tie mm-hmm. rods on the front and uh then they you know put it on the alignment machine they gave it they said well we found more problems they said you mm-hmm. know your wool bearing on the left uh, uh, uh rear needs to be replaced uh, and they said that the entire uh uh left when did i what was it, the, the right uh Axle, axle, yes, yes, it's the back axle. The entire back axle needed to be replaced. That it was a that was one piece. It's a one piece part, and it's going to you know cost me and you know over two grand. I'll just be honest. And so uh, I asked if can I drive it. He's like it's about two point seven degrees off with the bend in the axle, and uh, it kind of makes this s- cylindrical whooshing sound like when you when you uh, 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 you know swing a rope really really fast. It has that kind of yeah. Woo, 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 it's, got a, it's got a it's got a whining noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, what do you got from that, Gary? I've Man, already I, told him what I thought. I want you to hear. I want to see well, what you got. Well, here's where I'm at. I mean, I've done one of these very things from a buddy that buys some stuff that's been in some accidents. They fix it and they resell it. I tried to straighten the flange on the left rear and was unsuccessful. That that's real. It's not made the greatest, and so it's bent. Uh, I 
you know, I guess there's possibility a person could shim it, but mm-hmm. I couldn't, I just couldn't get where I wanted to be. And I felt like for him and me, I just bought a used axle put under the rear of it. Uh, I didn't go out of business helping my buddy didn't break him he made money i was okay the car was repaired it was straight no noises no problems all right and what kind of price they quote you over there uh for the wheel bearing and the axle yeah. about twenty six hundred dollars all right gary yeah i probably didn't spend seven eight hundred <laughs> yeah. so there's a lot of things going on you know uh and 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 gary has a front end machine too so if if you're closer to him, he would be able to help you with this too. And I know his machine because he's got one just like mine. Yeah, and he'll tell you he can set up on that thing, and he can he can tell you where it's off at and how much, and he can print it out for you. Right. But there are some uh, frame repair shops like Hearn's Alignment in in Little Rock. Yes, that might be able to set up on that and pull it. But the whirring noise is still going to require wheel brain replacement, right? Very very possible, unless the noise is due to the tire being out of alignment because yeah. the toe's going to be out and yes. the camber's going to be out on mm-hmm. that. Uh, sure is. Yeah. And so, but it's possible if, if the wheel bearing's loose or it's faulty, and it very possibly would be making well, maybe, noise. Maybe just a new wheel bearing, and, and you might be able to shim that to get it back in alignment. Okay. Right. I am. Well, I'll bring it in. Bring it in to one of y'all. Yeah, bring it to me or him one yeah. because we we can both check that for you and tell you what's going on. Right. Good. Well, I, I you know when he I took it off the lot. So. Yeah, I live in Benton. I'm born and raised in Benton, uh, and so I took it. Took it. I said, "Can I drive it off the lot?" They said, "Yes." I said, "Okay." Well, let me drive it off the lot. Said, well, you're gonna have to. You're, you're gonna have to replace your back wheel. It's gonna you know get ruined quicker. I said, "Well, I can buy a lot of back wheels for two thousand dollars." Well, it would so. be a tire, not a tire. Yeah, yeah, a tire. That's what right. I meant. Sorry. Uh, okay. See. <laughs> Uh, but even the, even towing the one I kept saying wheel with the top, but the wheels are ruined, and they sent a regular tow truck. And like you're not going to be able to drive this onto the tow truck. I told you the wheels are ruined. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I'm always <laughs> interested with people that have uh, older vehicles um, and uh, what y'all what y'all think. But Carol at the uh, very end, she has a 1993 Jeep Wrangler Islander, six cylinder, four liters. Engine is overheating and won't go past 40 miles per hour. I have a 93 Jeep Wrangler and it will not go past 40 miles per hour and overheats if I stay at 40 miles per hour. No check engine light. I replaced the coolant and thermostat for the radiator. I also replaced the catalytic converter. When I'm in idle, I can rev up my engine all day without it overheating. But when I put it in gear, the issue happens. I'm not sure if the transmission fluid has been changed yet. I have an inline six engine four liter. Crack cylinder head, bad head gasket on this car. Yeah, most likely. Uh, Sorry, you know it, it's uh, it's inline six, which is a which is pretty much a, a br- pretty solid engine. They really were. Yeah, they and, really were. And we don't know all the history here. You know, uh, you could have a partially restricted radiator or a water flow problem without being able to check that. I'm going to say it's a good chance that it's possibly it's eating some coolant and getting a little bit. Of, combustion gases back into the coolant system that'll stop it from circulating properly and cause it to overheat and generally it does that at highway speeds right so well, I, th- I think we're do, on the same a, page yeah do a block test on it for the right out of the gate yeah. chemical test to see if it's getting combustion gas in the cooling system 
If it is, then that's a tough decision. Do you spend that kind of money to repair an older vehicle like this that mm-hmm. it's going to take to repair it? Yeah, because if you get that head off, it it could be cracked. It's probably going to need a valves ground on it. Maybe seats, guides, who knows? Price could get upwards $2,500, and what's the vehicle going to be worth, and what other condition is it in? Yeah. And that's, a, that's one thing that while we're talking about the older vehicle, let's just talk a little bit about when do you stop repairing a vehicle, Gary? Me, I'm like, you know, it's different for different people. Sometimes people are in a situation where, well, the vehicle's not worth but X amount of dollars, and it's going to take X amount plus a little more to repair it, but they can do that. Where right now, even going and replacing the vehicle can be challenging with no inventory on the car lots. That's correct. So, and I'm like, you know, a lot of people, even if you have to borrow the money to repair the car, let's just throw a $2,000 figure out there. Yeah. That 2000 still way easier to repay than the cost of replacing the entire vehicle. Now, sometimes, you know, we see a vehicle, it's at the end of its life expectancy because it's not going to quit giving. You can spend till you mm-hmm. bankrupt yourself and still have a car that's not dependable. Yeah, you know, like a $2,000 repair on something. And what conditions the rest of that vehicle in? You know, if we can drive that vehicle, sometimes we can answer that question. Sometimes by inspection, we can tell what kind of condition it's in. But there's some things on that vehicle you can't right. without having the engine running. And if the engine won't run because it needs a head gasket or some major repair, it's it's a hard call. That's where we rely on the owner. Well, what have you had done to it in the past? And, right. And, and tell us the history of it, and we work like that, yeah. and then we give a recommendation. Yeah, you know? and sometimes it's like if it's got a major problem, and it's been up north its whole life in the salt, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's eat up with cancer. Rust. It's, it's rust. I mean, though, it's you really have to use caution when you get into one of those, because repairing those salt vehicles is a whole nother, yes, whole yeah. nother thing, and you can really... Well, I had a, a 05 Sentra... And I, I got it repaired so many times, and I'm glad you asked that question because I think it's a, lot of, a lot of people don't know when to stop. And, I mean, the, the repairman said, you got to put this car to pasture. And I kept trying to drive it just for a little longer, went to the dealership, and they gave me an amount. I'm like, okay, don't don't go look at the car. Let's sign something to make sense. <laughs> I don't think you're going you're gonna to want it for that amount if you go look at the car. But then I, get, we, we, I call it the family clunker. It's a 96 Mazda the protege i don't know how that thing is still running but i can get on the highway i can i mean that thing looks so beat up and Mm -hmm. it runs just fine well you know just like we were talking about that right now we're going through this no new cars on the car lots anywhere we're going through used cars are higher now than they ever have been and me and gary in the automotive repair business we see people fixing cars that have been customers of ours for a while and we know the condition of the car because we service it and take care of it. But there are some out there that don't need to be fixed and have that money spent on them. But some people are pushing that envelope, aren't they, Gary? Yes, they are. I mean, there's some for some people, that there's not a lot of choices. That's it. They have to fix this car because there's not anything to buy. They can't yeah. afford a used one. They can't afford a new one. And, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to talk to them about it and say, you know, all right, we're going to do this repair. You know, it needs an engine it, for whatever reason, but the rest of the car, hey, you know, you, you need to make sure that it's going to 
it's going to run at least for 12 months to a year to even getting earned back on that right right had a lady yesterday in a little car cvt i can't get parts for it can't fix it you know it's still getting up and down the road and i said in fixing it exceeds the value of your car mm-hmm. and i said that's all they are to it so i said you got to make a decision i said i recommend that particular car you get rid of i don't yeah. really want to fix it because parts our choices are really limited on how we're going to fix this mm-hmm. car so and she of course you know was wasn't in a place oh, yeah. to fix it either for what the cost was going to be so it's time for her to part yeah. ways with that car so is there like you know you know, talk about parts and people fixing you know i'm always curious because uh, others have told me that there's a supply chain issue do you have have y'all seen yes. that uh with with you know trying to fix cars that you know your supplies are still off the coast of california and not coming in we see it uh luckily we are with bumper to bumper and they have a they have uh, five distribution centers and they're a big corporation it's family owned right here in little rocks where it started now it's up in kentucky and all the way down in uh, florida from what i understand they got like four or five distribution centers so we're seeing part availability pretty well from them but yes it's like uh, where you would look at their inventory and they would have normally have five or six of those in stock they're down to one or two right and in me know. you know and working on transmissions i have ran into problems with that right there currently doing a dodge diesel truck and torque converter my my guy that normally rebuilds them's out of commission for about three weeks uh my other suppliers there's one converter in the country in salt mm-hmm. lake city yeah so i'm waiting wow. on that so i'm like hadn't run into that but it happened to me yesterday yeah so okay. it, it, well, it's problems. Just, yeah, I mean, I got my uh, rear window fixed uh, not too long ago, and they said the closest window they could find was uh, in uh, ten- Tennessee. Yeah, we're we're seeing the same thing. Yeah, and and it's it's supply and demand. The demand is here. The supply is coming in, but yeah. it's not coming in as fast as it used to. Okay. Well, we're back. We'll go on our last break and come back. We got Joe with Joe's uh, uh, garage and uh, Gary with Midstate Transmission, and uh, we'll be back for our last segment with the car guys. We are back. Last segment here on the Dave Ellswick Show with the Car Guys. Remember, tomorrow Robert Steinbach will be filling in for uh, Dave Ellswick. I don't know what the rest of the schedule is for next week, but I'll be back uh, Wednesday of next week to fill in, and that's when Congressman Hill and Westerman will be joining us, and hopefully I'll have a special guest for that first hour. The Car Guys are here for the last uh, six minutes, and we'll answer Ray's uh, question. He has a 1998 Honda Civic lx four cylinder 1.6 liter iacv replaced due to a check engine light came on scanner pointed to it light came back on problem started when car would idle high after it ran for a while i removed and cleaned iacv and when i put it back on the check engine light came on and car started to run rough so i replaced iacv with a new one light came back on after it warmed up well i would like to look at the data on that uh he's been working on it uh you know, when when you have a trouble code for a particular part, like a uh, idle air control valve or intake air temp or a mass airflow, and and I'm gonna let Gary answer about half this question I'm gonna ask. When you have that light come on, that light doesn't tell you, and that code doesn't tell you what's wrong with that car. It tells us where to go to look for it, right, Gary? Exactly. Like this here, 
is it is it the PCM can't control it? The wiring between the PCM and the part, it's looking for voltage return. And if it's not seeing what it's supposed to see, it just says the part's bad. And that's not the case. That's or correct. If it, or if it can't control it, if it's got another problem like this car can have a vacuum leak. Correct. You know, and so it can't control the idle. So all the PCM knows to do is to say, well, that the valve must not be doing its job. I'm not getting a response. Because, right. you know, when you start that car, it's going to idle up a little bit. When it's cold, when it warms up, it's going to come back down. Well, that's normal. When the engine comes to normal operating temp and you put it in gear, you turn the AC on, there's going to be some things that it's going to try and control to offset that. And, and if it can't control it, it's going to turn the light on, but it, just like Gary said, if it's got a vacuum leak and it's idling four, two or three hundred RPMs too fast anyway, and it can't get it down to its minimum, it's going to turn that light on and say that's not responding. Right? It doesn't know why. It's just not responding. You know. And we see things like this in the transmission side of things. It, I'll get pressure control solenoid codes, and can, customers, of course, all had their codes read, and they're like, well, how much to put a solenoid on it? And I'm like, well, the solenoid's not the problem. You don't got second gear. It's burnt out. The band's mm-hmm. burnt, broken. And so all the PCM knows is, as well, the solenoid can't be turning on, or I would have the ratio that I wanted in the mm-hmm. RPM. Mm-hmm. So just it, it'll send you down a road. If you're not real careful, you don't want to go down. If you're reading the codes and you go to a parts store and you get a code read for an O2 sensor, 90% of the time, the O2 sensor is not bad, right, Gary? I'd agree with that. You know, only time it can be bad is when it's completely offline, there's a wiring issue going to it, and that's not really the O2 sensor unless the heater element's burned out in it. If the heater element's burned out, the O2's bad. But if it's a not a, if it's a rich or a lean code or not switching, it's a fuel management problem. Okay. So uh, don't hey. just jump in there and start going by the codes where somebody read them for you and say, well, it's got a code for this, O2, it's got a code for a mass airflow, it's got a code for this. Sometimes one particular sensor that's bad can set codes for other sensors, right, Gary? Yes. One thing on that circuit, it, all of them may share the same voltage, 5-volt reference on it. And if that reference voltage is down on the whole circuit, you don't go replace all of this stuff. I mean, that's right. it all don't go bad at the same time. Yeah, well, hope that helps you, Ray. I think we have uh, two two minutes left. Hope we can answer this real quick. Harrison has a 06 Chrysler PT Cruiser. Engine will turn on, but several electronic features won't after flood. Uh, street flooded. So uh, on to- uh, the morning after, water should receive. Drove the car uh, down the convertible top, let it dry, and found out the top wasn't working. Radio, blinkers, windows, electronic lock system, and part of the console weren't working either. Is this a fuse issue? Uh, you know, someone said let the car dry, but uh, you know, window or top down. But there's no legal way to drive it. I need to get on fixing it right now. Well, I'm going to tell you if it's a flood vehicle. First off, it needs to call his insurance company, and if it got up to a certain height, then that car is totaled. And even if it was my car and it didn't make that height, they wouldn't total it. I would get it running the best I could and get rid of it. Absolutely, they're they're nightmares. It's never going to quit giving. You get Mm-mm. you get water in the terminals; they all get corroded. There's just kind of no fixing it, and that's why they total this stuff is because he'll always have problems out of it. It gets the green monster in it, and you can clean a connector, you know, pinpoint cleaning on it, and you can spray it with uh, 
any type of electrical contact cleaner and say, well, that'll take care of it. And six months later, that green monster will be back. And if it's not on that plug in, it's on one of any of the other 500 on the car. Mm. Well, I think your best bet, Harrison, is good with your insurance. Other than that, doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't sound good at all. But uh, thank you, car guys. Like I said, this is Ken Yang filling in for Dave Ellswick. Appreciate y'all. I will see y'all next week. Appreciate it. Thank, thank, you. thank you. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.